Hey everyone, it's Jim Sirk. Hope you're having a great day. Charlie's back. Charlie's back in the house. Charlie's been all over the globe doing teaching, training, development, sales force, execution, consulting. And because of that, Charlie wanted to talk about training resistance and why. So it's a real honest conversation. And you know, Charlie, he gets into everything. He gets into your soul. He gets into our emotional brains, fighting with our logical brains and how we're because of this conflict, we're resisting it. Um, we go into role plays. Now, I'm a personal believer in role plays, if done right. I share an experience, my first training, and uh, how awful I was, and how Charlie does it. He creates these case studies. These, cre- these case studies have individual personalities built into it, and He breaks the role plays up within small, intimate groups to have a very meaningful, robust conversation and very much in tune to the individual and us as a small team walking through these role plays. Um, It's just a, a good podcast asking questions around why, why do we fight training when it should be something that we embrace because it could make us some more money. It could make us more efficient, which will then make us more money and just be better at what we do every day. So I hope you enjoy it. It's a pretty quick one and uh, it's good to hear Charlie's voice again. So without any further ado, let's get at it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Medical Sales Nation. It's Jim Surek. And Charlie Johnson. Uncle Charlie, how are we feeling today? Well, I'm back from my assignment, Jim. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Sunny days in Connecticut, right? <laughs> well, they're very few, so we have to take advantage of them. That's great. That's great. So, Charlie, you wanted to uh, to embark on a, on a topic for today's podcast. Why don't you uh, tell us what you've been thinking? Well, Jim, I, you know, recently being involved with a training class in a company where we're bringing a new process to them, what I realized, again, is how much salespeople really resist training and trying to kind of boil that down to find out what is the reason why. And what I think I've come up with, and you and I have talked about this, is that people resist change. Training means you're going to, especially when you're doing skill training for sales, not necessarily product training, but skill training, people want to hold on to the techniques they've used in the past, the things that they feel have made them successful. And when you ask them to change their technique or change their sales process, they feel almost like it's an assault on them that they're not very good, I think. But what I really think people... Uh, are doing is they're trying they're resisting change and change is difficult for everybody yeah no i agree with that what i found charlie and i I think this is a great subject because as we and we can constantly are talking about this right people we're interviewing are talking about change right um and they're, they're looking at it from their perspective, you know, whether it's data analysis, whether it's how you present yourself and building your brand and how our uh, 
uh, our, our venture capitalists in the community are, are looking at change and what they're looking for from people. And it's, it, it's this evolution of change. But Charlie, I also think it's people come in and it's the fear of the unknown on why we're changing. And they're just, they're afraid of change for change sakes. Well, well, listen, all human beings are uh, confront change in their life and they deal with it in different ways. And, you know, if you think about it, Jim, if, if we can identify how change affects everybody and help people embrace the changes that are necessary in a changing world and a changing market, then maybe people can start to really say the training is something that's good for me. Um, maybe they'll become more uh, interested in some self-educating or self-training uh, by being uh, more students of the game of selling in the healthcare or medical sales world. And I think, I hope that this can actually open people's eyes to the fact that change is actually good. If your company is bringing in a new concept, a new idea, a new sales process, hopefully they're doing it because they're keeping up with changing trends in the industry. So I hope people can embrace change. Yeah, you think so, they can, Jim? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think what you're saying, Charlie, is that when we're, we're through with this podcast today, that we or through you and, and through your research and, and your ideas and your experiences that if we could just give two or three things that the nation can think and reflect back on and work on when it comes to thinking about training and that change that comes within the organization and, and to embrace it and to just look at themselves and say, okay, no one's trying to hurt me here, right? They're not trying mm -hmm. to train me to hurt me. So maybe I don't agree with everything, but maybe I can, um, think about one or two things and work on them just to become better tomorrow than better tomorrow than I was today. Well, Jim, I think that's a, that is a, a process that you and I both embrace of, you know, every day, if I can make myself 1% better in what I do, I'm going to be 365% better at the end of the year. I know that may sound kind of ridiculous, but when you have that kind of goal and I know you do and I do, we're constantly working to explore the unknowns. We know what we know, and we don't know what we don't know. And it's what we don't know <clears throat> that can either offer us a challenge or an opportunity. So being a student of your business and understand what's coming, uh, perhaps like we talked about value-based reimbursement and preparing yourself to any kind of change and then accepting the fact that to be successful, embracing change is a good thing to do. I think people will find this as a task that's going to be more fun for them. And our nation, we open the doors to our nation to talk to us about the things that they're challenged with, the changes that are affecting their lives. And we're going to look for experts that will talk about those things. And I think the nation will have a better opportunity to self-educate and be self-aware of what's going to happen down the road. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So for everyone listening, we were constantly asking you, you know, email us, tell us what you want to hear, tell us uh, subjects that are interested, um, that you're interested in, that you want to learn about, and, and we'll at least try to find somebody that we can bring onto the podcast uh, to help us out. But that that is, you know, that first step, Charlie, if you really think about it, by asking us, you know, to, to 
find somebody to talk about a subject is embracing change, right? Saying, I can learn something today. So, Charlie, when through all your years of going to companies and, and um, doing training classes, management development classes, you, you have to see some of the more um, uh, successful reps out there embracing change. What is it the one or two things that you think – um, the most successful or, or even reps who have identified themselves as saying, I can get better. What do they do within a training class that allows them to get the most out of it versus others? Well, I, I, well, Jim, I think there's a couple things you can do. Number one is come to training with an open mind that will allow you to, you know, hear and see what process is being presented and also Embrace the opportunity to, to role play. Um, it's interesting, has always been interesting to me that sales is a skill. And to learn a skill, uh, someone needs to practice. Uh, there's no natural, you're not born a salesperson. You know, the people say, yeah, you know, you're born with the gift of gab, so you should be a sales rep. Just because you're extroverted in, you know, human communication doesn't mean that you have selling skills. Selling skills are developed through training and, and through self-awareness. And that's why when somebody is offering a different way to sell or a different skill set or a different method, uh, I think people should be open to it because maybe they know something about the change that's coming. Sure. You know what, you know what Charlie, not, not to be a contrarian here, but to actually kind of expand on this, but there's a difference between good training and bad training, okay? And I'm going to give you an example. When my first job that I had was with a company called General Medical, we went to a training class. It was two weeks in, uh, I think it was in Richmond, Virginia. And now I'm right out of school, okay? I've never had a sales job. And they're going through, you know, the initial training kind of stuff. And they go through the sales process I don't remember exactly the sales process. I don't know if it was like P squared or something like that. I can't even remember. So they go through this sales training process program and then the instructor comes up and he would go to people and he'd hand them an object and um, he handed me a baseball glove and he, and he goes, sell me a baseball glove. Sell me this glove. Now, I just got out of school like a month ago. I just went through my training and now he's considering this a role play for me to sell a mitt a baseball <laughs> mitt i didn't I, I honestly charlie i was the worst sales rep in the history of of sales when i got out of college and i started this job i was terrible and that made me hate role plays okay that truly made me hate role plays because I was like, well, you didn't teach me anything. I didn't get anything out of this. And you made me look like an ass in front of the class, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yeah. and it wasn't just me. Everyone looked like an ass, you know, because it was a, sell me this paper napkin. Are you kidding? You know, so um, I know that you take a different perspective because I do embrace role playing. A lot of sales reps don't embrace role playing, Okay. But I think it's because of the context and historical experience with role play. You approach it in a, in a completely different way than most. And with your scenarios and, and with uh, the, how you write out the, the, you know, what we're going after. Maybe if you could dive a little deeper in that because by you sharing that, 
our our sales nation, when they're going into training, they could be a little bit more well-armed with their sales training team to say, hey, maybe we could try this a little different, re- differently, right? We, let's let's kind of make this more robust. So maybe if you could dive into that, Charlie, that'd be great. Well, Jim, that's a great topic, and I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, one of the things that uh, I've tried to do in, in my uh, attempts to provide train sales skills training is to try to create a simulation you know in the world of training the military spends the most money on training and what they found is the most effective training is apprenticeship why that's why our doctors go through you know residency and and fellowships and but that's very expensive and time consuming the next best is simulation And, of course, we all know about pilot simulators and things of that nature. Well, the concept of simulation doesn't have to include a computer. It's uh, it's suspending disbelief, if you can can key on that for a minute. If the role play I'm doing seems more like the real world, then I feel that what I'm doing is going to help me address the real world better. Does that make sense? Yeah. So unlike here – we're selling medical supplies. Sell me this baseball mitt. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, that that's, is, yeah. that's like, this is, what are we doing here? Right? So, so go a little bit more into what you're talking about, though, Charlie, so people get a flavor for it. I know because we've worked together for 18 years, but give the, give the nation, the sales, medical sales nation, a taste of what you do so that they can take it with them and take it to their company and say, let's try something like, like this. Okay, Jim, the first thing I try to do, <clears throat> I, I always do, is create a, create a case study. Now, by creating a case study, you're not addressing a, a, an event of you calling on a particular doctor and trying to sell their product. What you're doing is actually is more, uh, more like the real world where you're going into a, a physician's practice or into a hospital and you're trying to identify people who can be uh, decision influencers. And the more influencers you have that support your concept, the better chance you have of getting the decision maker to decide on you and your product. And I think over time, as human nature tells us that works now so the case studies that i write i put a lot of personality into each character and the funny thing is um and you know maybe the process of selling the total office and in doing that every every office member has a different personality but they all have the same goal and that's to provide good clinical care to remain solvent (laughs) financially and then to build a, uh, a, uh, a strategy for the future so that they stay as ahead of the game. Does that make sense to you, Jim? Yeah, absolutely. So, so through that, you're, you're building a case study, real life, based on real people that you've interacted with, and obviously you're changing their names, you're giving them their roles, and you're, you're creating a reality of what you're probably going to go through out in the field. And so if people can think about that is that if you're going through role plays and and everyone is now out in this medical sales nation is cringing because, you know, they don't like role plays and I get it, but it's because they're not being done right. And 
If you Absolutely. can, right? And so if you can go back to your companies and they want to do role plays, ask them about case studies, ask them about personalities, ask them about reality. Does this go with you? So that you as a sales rep, a sales manager, you may be not connected to the sales training program. It may reside within marketing. It may reside within sales. Try to try to take these concepts and while it's just on a podcast and ask them to, to help build. You go and ask your sales training to get involved to help build those case studies so you can base it on reality so that it, it has more value to you. Absolutely, Jim. And the second thing is understanding human nature. No one wants to be embarrassed in front of a group. And remember the concept that I've told, that I've spoken about many times, under stress, people can lose 10 to 15% of their effective IQ. So when you stick a baseball mitt in front of a young sales rep and ask him to sell it in front of the group, that's an extremely stressful situation. The person is losing some of their effective IQ. And, and for me, Charlie, in- and for me, that's that starts to become dangerous. <laughs> You're getting to the border, right? Right. I get to the border. I start drooling on myself. My, my cheek starts to quiver, you know, so... I love the feeling. I've gone through that myself. So to, to take away that, we do it in small groups, three or four people. And then in those groups, you want to put a new person with an experienced person and let everybody kind of help each other and provide feedback. And I always ask people to tell something good that they saw, not criticize. And it's amazing. If you don't ask people to do that, they, mentally, they immediately critique other people. I think that's just part of human nature. We look at things and we try to find out what's wrong with it. Well, and don't it, you? It, it's crazy so, to me. Yeah. No, it is. No, tra- so let's just take so, – so we've got the case studies, the small groups. You put an experienced rep, a new rep um, in between. So four or five people within a group. You try to bring the positivity out. Everybody relaxes. IQs go back up to normal levels. And then you start sharing those experiences. But I think – so – Hopefully, the, the sale, medical sales nation is, is feeling that. They can see it. And, um, but I want to talk about what you said about the negativity. We, because you see it all the time. You see it on LinkedIn. You see it in you know, all these different you know, websites that when people are interacting, and I don't have a Facebook page, a personal Facebook page. I, I look at my wife's, and, uh, and I'll see comments posted and on different topics, it's not on somebody's picture because that would be rude, but somebody posts a, a topic on cooking chicken and 80% of the comments are like, I would never do that. That's not the way <laughs> to cook chicken. It's like, who cares? You know, but but I, I'm saying that because we have this natural reaction to be negative to something new. And, and I wanted to dive in because we as a medical sales nation, right, we're just human beings and we're just like everyone else, but we just happen to pick this wonderful field to, to, to build our lives around. And I would like you to talk a little bit about how our brain works in, in, in the sense of why we resist training so that we can find ourselves, those folks listening to this, we can find ourselves if in that situation when someone's presenting something new to us in a training development, we catch ourselves being negative and say, stop. It's just my natural reaction. Let me let me take myself up a level and not be negative and, and be able to say, okay, I'm going to embrace this. I might not embrace all of it, but if I could take one or two things out of it and I can become better tomorrow, 1%, then I'm great. So what is it about our brain? What is it about human nature that 
makes us resistant to training and change. Well, Jim, that's a, a topic I've been interested in my whole life. And, you know, the way I've been able to, to uh, explain it to myself uh, in a simplistic way is that we have two brains. We have an emotional brain, which is we call the amygdala. Some people call it our reptile brain. It's the brain that animals have. Uh, without our other brain, our logical brain, rational brain, which is our prefrontal cortex. Now, in humans, all humans, emo we react to change emotionally. Um, our brain, our emotional brain likes routine. Uh, we're very comfortable in developing and maintaining a routine. And I, can, you, I think everybody can remember to in a situation where you know, every morning going to sell, they got stuff for coffee at the same place. They pick up something, a newspaper, whatever, pack of gum, and and they do that every day. And routine is something that we're comfortable with. Training challenges that routine. So our emotional brain doesn't want change. But that's the important thing about being a human. We have a logical brain as well, right? And the logical brain will look at the training and it will, you know, I think the first thing we do is we look for what's wrong with it. I don't know that everybody does that, but I can tell you just with talking to people about movies they've gone to, people will tell me what they didn't like about the movie <laughs> more right. than tell me what they like or a restaurant they go to, people will tell what they didn't like. You know, the food was good, the service was bad. I think that's part of the logical brain in, in what how we're protecting our emotional brain by, by logically rejecting things that are going to give us a, you know, a change that's going to be emotionally painful. Okay. And I hope, that, I hope that makes sense. Sure. It's just, so, so, but what is it? So when we emotionally look at it, Charlie, so from my experience, obviously building these companies up from scratch, um, from a, from a sales perspective, working, on building the training, we hire we hire reps. We go through the training process, and this is what I hear a lot of: is that you're asking me to do something new, okay? And I'm not comfortable with it. I'm paraphrasing, which that's the fear of the unknown. I don't know you, right, as much as I knew my last company. So there's a little. I'm not sure I trust you, right? Right. I now feel as if I'm going through this training process, and I'm, we're not talking product training, we're talking sales training, is that I'm losing a little bit of control because I sold myself as being this great sales person, and I'm, I'm sure you are, but now we're asking you to just to tweak that a little bit. So now I'm putting my self-confidence online, right? And, right. And, you know, I'm not sure I really want to do this because I could lose face, it's a fear of failure in front of new people or existing people, right? And yep. I'm not sure the new skills you're going to teach me are actually going to help me make more money. So when I get to that last piece of this, I look, my, my emotional brain says, see, you're not going to make more money and you're, you're going to, you don't trust these people. It, you, it's uh, the law, the fear of the unknown. You're losing control. You're going to lose face. And you're not going to make money. It resist, 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 right. right? And I just and, and I and I'm saying this. I'm I'm verbalizing this because I want people. I want us as a medical sales nation to realize that 
you and I don't have the, all the answers on sales training and role play, but we understand human nature and we've done this so many times that we need, we need ourselves to step back, right? Look at training and, and when you start feeling those emotions, right? Like you said, the emotional brain, click in that logical brain and go, okay, is it really that bad? Are these guys really, I shouldn't trust them? Am I really losing control? Um, or is this an opportunity for me to, to in, improve one or two skill sets that might make me a little bit more money? Well, that would be a good thing if your logical brain would do that. I think what you're, what you're describing almost perfectly is the internal argument or discussion between the emotional brain and logical brain. Uh, the emotional brain you know, is, is, feels fear, and the logical brain is trying to justify that fear or help the emotional brain deal with it, right? By telling you at the end of the day, if you don't do well here, it's okay because you're okay the way you are, right? right. I, and I think that's part of human nature. Our emotional brain desires to be in a routine. Our logical brain uh, helps to try to reject that if it's affecting yourself uh your self health, your emotional health, and kind of puts it in a package for you. Now, being intelligent beings, we can actually control our logical brain, even though we can't control our emotional brain. And no amount of intellect or technology is going to change that. Our emotional brain is there. It's always going to be reacting to what we see, hear, feel. And our logical brain is the only thing that we can start to use. So what are you going to focus on every day from the television to the radio to going to work? You're dealing with people that are complaining, arguing, discussing change. And you have your logical brain has the ability to focus on whatever you want to focus on. Some people want to focus on things that changes that are happening that they have no control over. I, I personally try to reject that. I want to talk about in my own brain, between my logical brain and my emotional brain, changes that I can make or affect, not changes affected by other people. So I narrow, narrow the scope of my focus down to what can I do to change myself or my brain to deal with the changes that are affecting the market that I work in. Now, you may focus on, you know, get get your emotional joy out of golfing or coaching your kids or do something else. For me, work has been very, very much a part of that. And I'm a more emotionally fit when I'm working. Uh, and I think my logical brain has now been programmed to reject things that I can't change right. and focus on things I can. So when that change, so so that's really important though, right? Because we as medical sales professionals, we we are we have training and change forced upon us, okay? And we do not have control over that. It's coming because we say it all the time. We repeat ourselves in these podcasts because everything flows together. These are not individual tracks of podcasts. If you really listen to them and embrace them, they're crossing over and intersecting each other all the time. So the change in medical sales is every day. So intellectually, our logical brain must accept it. 
right? We have to accept this change is coming. It's being brought upon us. And emotionally, we have to find our path to make it a part of us so that we can get better and not resist it and try to get that 1% better every day. Is that right? Well, you're right, Jim. And I think that the emotional uh, the state you want to be in is a state of confidence, right? Yes. Um, what, when, it's funny when you talk about initial sales training. You know, initial training is not – people are more open to it because they're changing everything, right? Sure. They left the job. They knew they're coming into a new job. They need to, you need to really get all kinds of information. Uh, they need to be able to recall, right? They have to remember – uh, and they have to recall that information in a conversation. So, you know, sometimes they give you tests on on technology. But, you know, when you're selling, you're not taking a test. You're ha- you have to answer the question out of your deep uh, long-term memory. So it's really important to build our confidence. We have to really absorb information in a way that we can understand it so that we can be confident about what we know. And then we have to work on how do we communicate that information to a customer who may or may not be interested in what we have to offer. And you develop confidence by knowing everything you can, right? By being a learner. Uh, a long time I heard the concept that, that you're either a learner or a knower. You know, learners spend a life learning what they don't know, and knowers spend a life telling people what they do know, right? Right. So if you embrace the idea of a learner, then you're going to be in a constant state of curiosity, uh, trying to learn as much as you can about the subject that you're interacting with. You know, what's interesting, Charlie, is that you bring up this confidence, right? And that you're you're really going in to build up your confidence. But if you go into training resisting, you're you're not allowing the so you're not going to learn the material. You're not going to learn what's being taught to you. Now you don't have to agree. So there's a difference, and I want every. I, I just. It's it's not like we're saying you've got to do this or you have to do that and it's you know follow your company's path and, and be you know uh, very rigid. But what we're really saying is that be open to it. Take the resistance out when you start feeling it. Bring in your logical brain to say, I'm going to um, I'm, we're going to make this choice emotionally. You got to find your own path. We're going to go down this. Don't resist it because if you resist it, you're never going to build your confidence because you're not. Re- you can't build your confidence because you're not learning the material. You know. Well, Jim, yeah, it's just like, <laughs> you know, uh, everybody can envision in their mind something they're confident about, and when you're confident, you you have a feeling, an emotional feeling, uh, where you really you want to engage with someone else because you want to share the information you have, and. Confidence is something that's built over time. You know, why is a major league pitcher confident when they go face a batter? Because they've faced that batter maybe 30, 40, 50 times. They have all kinds of information on where they like like the ball, where they hate the ball, and they're confident in their ability to throw the pitch. Now, how did they become confident? Through practice. Right. Through tons of determined practice. And that's the one thing that I don't understand. The athletes that come into sales – they seem to like it because it's competitive. 
They like the fact that they know the score. They know if they've hit their quota or not. And they seem to like teamwork. But they suddenly don't want to practice anymore. Yeah. When they're playing sports, they practice all the time. I don't think it's yeah. just about athletes, though, Charlie. I think it's just Oh, no, no. I'm just saying athletes that come into our field yeah. uh, who are used to practicing suddenly start to reject practice. Well, so, I, you know, I look at it, you know, from a, from a perspective of obviously – you know, we the nation knows I'm from Chicago, Chicago area, you know, and going back and looking at Michael Jordan, you know, Michael Jordan will talk about how much he practiced and how intense his practices were, so intense that, you know, people would get into arguments at the practices. Michael Jordan never felt that if he was practicing his three-point shot and his free throws every day after practice for hours – that he was some sort of a fool, and Scottie Pippen was sitting in the bleachers going, now that's an idiot, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing, he has to practice at it, you know, that that's how we look at training, I don't have to practice, right, and it's not just the medical sales, it's we as sales professionals, we have to, once again, we have to just stop that and think about it, practicing and getting better, learning new skills, just, just increases our confidence, but I want to I want to talk about sometimes you know people say wow well, my managers and my training isn't isn't very good then create your own path create your own training right get out there find the people that are the best in your company find out what they're doing find those skill sets and embrace them right and make it a part of yours and and continue and keep moving forward and so I think that's you know that's what we're saying is that training don't fight training because we can't get better every day if we fight training and if you don't like how the training is going in the company then then uh then volunteer call your training department come up you know people will enjoy training more if they are more engaged and volunteering to help your training department develop training uh, events, uh, segments, training processes. You know, we're big into training as a process, not an event. And you make it a process when you develop concepts like, you know, we've talked about of, you know, role playing with a case study, role playing in small groups, having a facilitator who focuses on what people do well rather than criticism. Uh, all of that creates a better atmosphere for learning. You can help create that by. T- by explaining to your trainers what you like, what feels good, what you what you learn from, and what you don't learn from, so that they can perhaps provide you a better experience. Or what I've done a lot of times in my career in a sales job, I'll get together with a, another rep or two, and we'll train each other. Right. Uh, we'll practice sales calls. We'll uh, you know we'll do we'll do role plays. It's amazing, Jim, in, in the companies we've worked with, we have role-played every situation before we've actually done it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when we had new leaders having to deal with people and leading them, we would role-play that with them so that when they had to do the, the actual interaction, they were better prepared. Role-playing is something that you can embrace. Practice is something that you can really work on on a daily basis. Uh, every time you make a sales call, uh, sit back and, and review what happened on the call and be self-critical if you can, uh, accept the responsibility for the outcome, and then try to repeat the things that go well. And 
if you're doing that, you actually have an opportunity to self-train every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, and, and it's really about why, once again, why? Because we, as a medical field, our field is rapidly evolving and changing. So we have to stay on top of it. If we are not looking at ourselves and saying, how do we get better every day? We're, we're going to look back a year from now and say, holy cow, I really am behind the times on some of these changes that are happening. And, um, you know, Charlie, you bring up about the role playing and, and you, uh, you always would say make role playing harder than reality so that when reality, when we go out in reality, it's easier. And I was listening, you know, and I can't help myself, Charlie, and I apologize to the Medical Sales Nation, but I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast again. And um, he he was taught, it's the, it's the last one about, uh, that he had on fear and, and looking at fear and overcoming those fears. And he had a quote, and it was from Jersey Gregoric, a Polish immigrant, who said, easy choices, hard life. Hard choices, easy life. I love that quote because it's saying you got to confront the hard issues. You have to confront the hard issues, have the hard conversations, have the difficult, um, uh, have the difficult conversations with those around you, with your peers, with your boss, with yourself, and look at for a way to overcome them. Right. And I think if anything, walking away from this podcast, the advice that we could give to ourselves is that when you find yourself being brought in for a training class and you, you know, I know what's going on. I don't want to go to training. I don't want to go to this training. These guys don't know what they're doing. Stop. You're, that's your emotional brain telling you that you don't like change because of the fear of the unknown, mistrust, loss of control. You're not sure the reward system is in place. I get that, right? You're going to fear of failure. Totally get that. That's your emotional brain taking over. Stop. Look at your logical brain. Say, what's the worst that can happen? I learned something new, right? I can get better at something. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, if you don't like your training process now, talk to your talk to your training team, right? Talk to your sales training team on how you guys can get better. Share your successes in the field with your peers to figure out how you can train a better or create a better training program. Because if you have peers out there that aren't performing as well as you are, you want to get them better because of a reflection of you and your company, okay? And... And then always be, once again, a student of your game. So that means go out, learn, be self-reflective, and get better. But embrace training, embrace change, embrace role plays in a manner in which you can impact it with your company to make it more realistic. So um, anything you'd like to add to that, Charlie? Well, Jim, I just... I think Jersey uh, actually took my quote <laughs> and made it more famous to me. The harder the training, the easier the real world. Right. And the easier the training, the harder the real world. Right. Uh, anything that people do, you know, when they go in the military, that's a skill of being able to um, fight in a war. That's all done through simulation. And you realize that if you, when you train well, you have a better chance of survival. And, you know, the world that we're in is a battle every day because we're in dealing with human health. And the more we know, knowledge, get your knowledge, and then develop skill. 
Yeah. Get find knowledge and talk to a customer about it. Ask their opinion about it. That's going to help you every day be a better, more educated and higher skilled salesperson. Right. So really it's just embrace the change, find the weakness, get better at it, work at one thing. So if you're going to look at your if you're going to look at yourself, you know, medical sales nations out there and we're talking about training, think about those three things that we talked about, right? To make yourself better. And by doing that, We'll improve the entire medical sales nation. We all get better, and uh, we we continue to provide value to this great market that we that we work in. And uh, nothing could be better than that. So, and and I think it's time to say goodbye to the nation for yes, now. It is. Okay, thanks, guys. Until next time, we'll see ya. Have a good day. Take care.